Welcome to episode 86 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carol Newsletter and are my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Episode 86 is entitled, It's Not a Perfect Game. And it's not a perfect game because it's played by imperfect people. And what I'm referring to, and I know if you're listening, that's what you're expecting me to talk about, and you're exactly right. I'm going to talk about the McKenzie Huntington football game this past Friday night because there was a lot went on, and I have a lot to say about this football game. And I'm going to say things differently than probably what you've been thinking since last Friday night. And it's not been that far, uh, you know, or that long ago, I should say, uh, since we played that game. I normally do this podcast sometimes, most of the time, on a Tuesday morning. But I kind of want to do it today because I've got a lot of this stuff fresh on my mind, and that way I can get it out there, and, and, and maybe it'll be a little bit better podcast. But as you know, if you're listening to this podcast, or if you've been living under a rock, you might not know, but... Huntington lost to McKenzie 28-12. That was the fourth straight win by the Rebel Rebels over the Mustangs. Now, when you look at the overall record, and I don't have that in front of me, but it's something like 66-26 and so many ties, with the Mustangs holding a big advantage in this rivalry. But if you go back the last 20 years, and I should have done that research, but if you go back the last 20 years, it, it's not been as dominant on the Mustangs part as you think it is. Well, I've got some theories about that, and then we'll talk about the game right quick. But And I'm not going to dwell on this part of it much. But, you know, things have changed a lot since Wade Comer has showed up in McKenzie. And I'll tell a story about that later on that I heard uh, of, and it relates to a comment that I have about the game. But let's look at the game first. And, you know, I, I listen to people, and, and I listen to them talk about the kids on the field. I listen to them talk about the coaches. And they get disappointed, and, and I understand that. I really totally understand that. It doesn't bother me as much as it used to, uh, losing a game, I should say. But it still bothers a lot of people. But when you go back and look at that game, and everybody knows I didn't have to write this story. So if you read the newsletter this week, it'll be written by Jim Steele. It's always been that way between he and I. He writes all the McKenzie stuff. I write all the Hainden stuff. So when you play each other, who writes the story? Well, we just all had this uh, understanding that whoever has the home game writes the story. So – I didn't write the story. I did take whatever pictures that will go in the paper, and I kept my own stats uh, mainly because I do this magazine at the end of the year, and, and it just kind of gives me an idea of how the game went. And, and especially I wanted to do it so I could use some of these stats on this podcast. But stats tell a lot. If you read my column this week in the newsletter, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Stats do not tell you who won the game. The scoreboard tells you who won the game. McKenzie won 28 to 12. What the stats will tell you is how that 28 12 score came about. 
And one team can actually outperform the other in some cases, have more yards than the other team in some cases, and still lose the football game because there's a lot of variables go in uh, to a football game. And if you're not perfect and the other team is close to perfect because there's no such thing as perfection, that uh, the team that makes the fewest mistakes, it's an old axiom that coaches use, the team that makes the fewer mistakes will win the game. And that's exactly the case of the McKenzie-Hunting game this past Friday night. And let's just kind of recap the scores and then I'll get in or the scoring plays and that kind of stuff. And then we'll get in uh, to the stats and, and the comments I have related to that. We kicked off. We, we won the toss, elected to defer. And you, you can have different opinion on that. And it doesn't matter uh, which one you do, in my opinion. You know, if you have a great offensive team, sometimes I think I might want the ball. But you want the ball to start the second half uh, on every occasion because it's usually the most critical uh, possession of the game in some cases. And we have a tendency to defer to the second half, and, and that's, that's okay. And that's what we did. But – we had our first mistake of the game. We had a penalty on the return by McKenzie. And that ended up giving McKenzie a first down on their first possession at our own 34-yard line. So they had 34 yards uh, to get into the end zone. And they do that. It takes them eight plays. Mustangs, not a bad defensive stand. But Tate Serber, who, in my opinion, was the difference in the football game, we held him to 18 yards rushing on that drive. But Serber, everyone, he completed three or three passes on that first drive, 16 yards. But all three of them came when they needed a first down. They, we had them, they, they gained four yards the first two plays. So it's third and six from our um, 29 or from our 30. And he throws a nine-yard, just a little crossing pattern and completes it for nine yards to Stafford Roditas. And then we, again, he throws another pass for four yards. They run for 11, and that's Serber that runs for the 11 yards. Scampers for first down. They get inside the 10 at the 6, and we hold them, or we thought we had held them, to a fourth down from the five-yard line, we're in good we're in good shape here. But they throw that crossing pattern again this time to Colt Norton for the touchdown. So, and I've you've heard me say it a thousand times: if we struggle on a football field on defense, it's usually against the pass. But they only completed three for sixteen yards, but they came at big times: one on third down, the other on fourth down for a touchdown and they were just short passes good strategy we go three and out then we hold them and then ashton hutcherson makes a run of the game in my opinion as we get the ball about midfield and i thought he was tackled i wasn't even looking i thought i got Gray Eubanks did a great job of disguising the fake on that play. I actually thought he had the ball with my camera, and I was it was away from me anyway. I probably wouldn't have got a picture of it. But Ashton, they thought he was down and rolled over on somebody, got up, 
uh, never knee, never touched the ground, uh, and a uh, 44-yard touchdown run. But we missed the extra point. Look good in the jamboree kicking extra points. We've got to be better at that because it puts you in a bind. And, and it's 7-6, but we're in good shape. And then we hold McKenzie again. Then we end up punting. Pin McKenzie inside their nine-yard line, and here comes our second big mistake of the game. We've got them pinned down. You know, I can hear fans behind me when we had before that, we had gotten to their 41-yard line. But we had a fourth down and, and, you know, six, seven yards to go. We decided to punt. Actually, I thought that was a good decision because then you can pin them inside the 10, get the ball back, you're in good shape to score again. You're only down seven to six. Well, Cerber just throws a quick out to Roditas. And the cornerback, don't even remember who it was, and I'm not going to say his name if I did remember who it was, but misses a tackle. And Roditas goes 91 yards for a touchdown. Here's the question. Here's, the, the to me, the mistake. Of course, the first mistake on this play is the missed tackle. You you tackle him, he gets three yards. It's a, it's a gain of three. But he missed the tackle. My second question is, where's the safety? You know, the, the safety, it was a play fake. So safety had to be looking in the backfield because when Roditas broke the tackle at about the 12-yard line or the 10, somewhere in that neighborhood, he had nothing in front of him but green grass. There should have been a safety over to help. But there wasn't. You go straight down the sideline, and now it's 14 to 6. And it could have very easily been uh, the other way around, if you understand what I'm saying. But we owe McKenzie on downs. We go into the half. Uh, well, we don't go. Excuse me. I, I messed my notes up there. But we do eventually get the ball back. But we, after the Roditas touchdown, let me back up a little bit. We get the ball back. And we move it inside the 50, and then we throw an interception at the McKenzie 31-yard line. Here we are with a chance to score in our third mistake of the game. Gray threw it into traffic. And ball got batted up, intercepted, ends the drive. We hold McKenzie on downs, get the ball back, go 59 yards uh, in six plays, completed uh, four or five passes on that drive for 33 yards, getting the end zone on a Gray Eubanks one-yard run, missed the two-point conversion, going in the half, trailing 14-12. Still in good shape. We get the ball to start the second half. That's why you defer. This is the situation where when you defer, that it makes a difference. That's why you want to defer for this reason right here. But we get the ball to 26. We didn't have a great night in the return game. But, you know, give McKenzie credit there. But we get the ball up to uh, midfield. And then we throw our inside McKenzie territory. We throw an incomplete pass on fourth down. McKenzie gets the ball at their own 43. They have uh, held us on that important drive to start the second half and then first play 
Cerber scrambles 43, 49 yards. But let me back up. 49 yards, gets the ball to the one yard line of Huntington, and then they punch it in. So, I mean, excuse me, gets to seven, then he gains six on the next play, and then he punches it in. So, three running plays by Cerber that nets 55 yards, excuse me, 50, 57 yards. And they're in the end zone. Now they're up 21-12. Took a little air out of the balloon. But what we didn't do here, and we made three big mistakes in the game, and actually, let's go back. That's four. That's mistake number four because Cerber was looking to pass when he went 49 yards. And we had a chance to sack him a couple of times, and he got out of it. And he ran, runs all the way to the seven-yard line. So mistake number four. But here's could be mistake number five. We, we won't call it mistake number five because it's just good defense by McKenzie's part. No, no, let me back up because it was mistake number five. I look at my notes. We get the ball at 32, move it up to the 37, gain no play, yards on the next play. We have a third and five. And we drop a pass. Mistake number five. Would have been a first down. Might have been more than that. When McKenzie gets the ball back, we do get a sack this time. And they punt. We get the ball back. And again, end up punting. McKenzie punts. And then here comes mistake number six. Because it's still 21-12. We're kind of going back and forth here. 9.45 left in the game when we get the ball. Still plenty of chances to score. We move the ball to their 34-yard line. And we fumble. Mistake number five. Or excuse me, mistake number six. Five was a while ago. So we fumbled the ball in their territory. That's twice we've been in their 30-yard their line or in and have a turnover. Well, the first play, and it's a good play call by McKenzie, as they have the ball at their own 38 at, after the fumble, and they run a trap off tackle. It's a trap play. You people that know football know what I'm talking about. And it was just a quick dive by McCreary. Uh, the tailback goes 62 yards, but almost untouched because the trap play worked when he broke the line of scrimmage. It was just pay dirt. Nothing but grass in front of him. So I won't call that mistake number seven because that's just good execution by McKenzie. But here comes mistake number eight. Now we're down 28-12. Still 620 left in the game. Still, still an opportunity. And we do move the ball that we get to McKenzie's 20-yard line and we fumble again. Mistake number seven. Or mistake number eight. I've done lost count. But that essentially ends any chance we have to win the football game. So when you look at it, and if I'm right, if I remember correctly, eight crucial mistakes. And you notice uh, when I recapped all that, how many mistakes McKenzie made? Zero. Zero. They, no turnovers. And... No penalties, 
And then, and I forgot, a mistake number nine. Let me mention this. Mistake number nine, because after uh, McKenzie scored to make it 28-12, later on, after we fumble, we force them to punt. Brady Warbritton returns it for a touchdown. Called back for a holding call. So that makes mistake number nine. And now I think about it. Let's go back to mistake number 10. Early in the game, when C.J. Pellinero uh, catches a pass and gains quite a bit of yards, and I'm looking to see when that happened. Yes, it happened when we were down 14-6, to and it came ahead of the interception. And he gained enough – he gained, I don't know uh, – probably down to the McKenzie 20 or so. And they called it back because of a block in the back. So that's 11. So I'm going back. See, that's why I did this today instead of tomorrow. I would have forgot half of it. But that's at least uh, 11 huge mistakes in the football game that we made and McKenzie made none. You know, I hear a lot of criticism. Let me get to this. I hear a lot of criticism sometimes from the fans. In fact, some of them were – uh, telling me oh, uh, when I was close by over there, to, uh, we should throw the ball more. Well, for the football game, we threw 14 passes. Guess what? McKenzie only threw 13. They had 13 attempts. And I know when I told somebody this uh, Saturday, they go, oh, that's not right. Uh, y- yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. That's why I keep stats. It seems like McKenzie threw more. And they were more efficient in it. But when you look back at it, we, we had 55 yards passing. But you got to remember about 20 or so uh, that could have been added to that were nullified because of the C.J. Palinero situation where they called it back because of a block in the back. And you credit uh, statistically the yards he gained or where the ball goes back to. You don't credit him with uh, uh, 60 yards, for example, and then if it's a 10-yard penalty, he don't still get to 60 yards. You credit the gain statistically uh, to where the ball gets marked back to. So, actually, he had like 17 yards on the catch, but he actually had more than that, but it got moved back because of the penalty. So, we could have had more than 55 yards passing. We could have had close to 80, which is not bad. It's not, not bad the way we run the football. Now, McKenzie – uh, we completed seven passes. McKenzie completed seven passes. They completed theirs for 130. I know it may seem like more than that, but remember, 91 of those came on one play. 91 because of one of those mistakes that I mentioned. And actually, there's two kind of two mistakes on that play. A missed tackle and then no safety help. So 91 yards of those 130 came on one play. Rushing? We had 262 yards rushing. Not bad against a pretty good defensive football team. McKenzie only had 167 yards rushing. But remember, McCrary had 62 on one play. Serber had 49 on another play. That's 111 yards out of 167 that came on two plays. Mistakes. Three turnovers by Huntington, zero by McKenzie. You want to know why we lost the football game? 
I just explained it to you. Was it McKenzie? McKenzie's not a bad team. They'll go deep in the playoffs. But are they better than we? I could argue no. School board is in their favor. Now, individually, and then I got one more comment because I want to talk about the middle school a second. Individually, Ashton Hutchison, by my calculations, had 13 carries, 100 yards. He got 44 of those on one play. Great run. Eubanks, 23 for 91. Warbritton, 8 carries, 38 yards, caught 3 passes for 36. And C.J. Pelinero caught 4 passes for 29 yards. Now, it's not a bad night by any of those. And in Huntington's defense, and I don't know how you solve this, uh, but I've always heard, you know, players need to drink as much as they can during the week. But we had a lot of uh, cramps, and you really had cramps from both sides of the football field. But it hurt us more than it did McKenzie because uh, Warbritton struggled, uh, wasn't, wasn't 100% because of the cramps, uh, neither was Gray. That's something they had to fight through and give them credit. They played with a lot of heart. But when you make the kind of mistakes that we made, you're going to lose football games against good teams. So when we look at the football game from the aspect that I just, or the perspective that I just gave you, then you realize that it was more of what we did than maybe more of what McKenzie did. Although McKenzie played well defensively, they had a good game plan. And uh, But we made too many mistakes. Now, and I'm going to say something that might upset some people. And if it does, it's just my opinion. But I know when Wade Comer showed up at uh, McKenzie uh, to be their head coach, he's originally from uh, Parsons area. But when he showed up to be their football coach, one thing he, he said, and this is just somebody told me this story. I don't know if it's actually true, but, but it sounds true. It would make sense. He said, I, I'm not sure how many football games we're going to win, but I do know this. We've got to learn to beat Huntington. That's what he said because of the rivalry. And he has done that. He has told his, he told his football team that first day he got there, he said, we're going to do two things. We're going to learn to beat Huntington and we're going to get tougher. Well, he's done both of those. Four years in a row, the Mustangs have now lost to the Rebels. And they've learned to beat Huntington. Now, I want you to think about something. This is what might be upsetting to some people. We used to be in McKenzie's head. We used to go walk out on the field in blue and gold uniforms, and the game was over. It was over right there. You know, we might have went into that game Friday night a little cocky. Yeah, they beat us three, in a year, three years in a row, but they finished runner-up in the state, and then they won it the next year, and they lost 15 players off that team. Well, I know for a fact, I, I was told that they're still were going to be pretty good, and they were. But we might have been thinking uh, they lost 15 seniors, and we got everybody coming back. This might be our year. But when you make the mistakes that we made, hey, there you go. But – Maybe McKenzie might be – we were either a little cocky or maybe McKenzie now is in our head a little bit. Think about that. Maybe we got to go back and learn how to beat McKenzie. And that's just an observation. It's not a fact. 
It's just maybe an opinion of some kind. But anyway, I you know, we'll be fine. Trust me, we're going to be fine. We played a better game than we did last year when we lost to McKenzie. And we ended up, you know, 60 minutes away from playing for a state championship. So, you know, don't quit working, guys. Hey, kids, if you're listening, don't quit working. There's a lot to play for in that game when it comes right down to it. Uh, in a sense, and I know people don't like to hear you say this kind of stuff, but it didn't mean a lot of anything except for bragging rights because that was a non-region game. Region game begins not this week, but the week after. And that's going to be more important than the McKenzie game when Adelsville comes to Hayden because you have to win your region games. Okay. All right. That's that's kind of my rant. You know, I went to Jackson Tuesday night, and uh, that was uh, a cluster. And I could use other terms to go along with that, but we're playing G- JCM in a middle school game. And I'm going to confuse as to where we're going to play a high school game at because uh, Trevor Burleson was a little upset after their win over Lexington in that first game because he had turnaround play on Tuesday night because JCM I didn't have a field to play on. So they wanted to move the game to Tuesday night. And he finally relented, didn't have a choice really when it came right down to it. So they don't have a field to play on. So now I'm wondering where we're going to play them when we go to Jackson uh, play a high school game. But we'll worry about that later on. But – Kickoff was scheduled for 6.30, and I, I was behind some Huntington folks. Got there about 10 after 6, and it already started. They were playing at 6 o'clock because when – this is a story I got from Scott Hampton, one of the assistant coaches for Huntington. He said, when we got here, they said, okay, uh, game, uh, y'all warm up. And they were warming up, you know, and the game starts at 6. What? And we're – by the way, we're not going to have any special teams. So there was no kickoffs, no punts. And I think before I got there, and somebody told me later on, that they uh, threw a JCM player out. It was a little it was, it was a little rough. It was a little – it was getting pretty wordy when I got there. Uh, I missed the first series uh, by Huntington, and uh, that's all I missed. And I got caught up pretty quick. Scott Hampton uh, catched me up a little bit, but – uh, you know, it was just <laughs> it was just not a good experience as far as playing at Northside, which I didn't mind, and the grass hadn't been mowed in a while, didn't look like. The sideline was muddy. I don't know why. But, you know, and then get there late because they started a game 20 min- or 30 minutes earlier than what everybody thought they was going to start it. And I saw a lot of fans coming in late, you know, and no special teams. They didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't want to punt. Or they won't kick off. And that's part of the game. It's not a scrimmage. You do that in scrimmages and jamborees. You don't do it in a real game. But anyway, despite all that, we won 32 to 8. <laughs> it was just a good performance by uh, the Mustangs. They were, the, I'm going to tell you, the JCM kids uh, did not like the physicality of that football game. And Huntington was physical. Great game by Hayes Eubanks, six carries, 107 yards. Uh, Kayshun Carter, 14 carries, 119. So we had a good night running the ball. Uh, We tried to actually add 259 yards rushing, and that's a lot for a middle school game. But Trevor, Trevor Burleson, tried to be nice to him, up 32-0, running clock, took his first team out. 
that's the only reason JCM scored. Uh, they still had they had athletes. So he was just kind of undisciplined. But he took his starters out and let uh, the younger guys play, and they marched down the field and scored. He put his first team back in. I don't blame him one bit. And uh, pretty much run the clock out, and the game ended with 32-8 victory. Two games this season, Mustangs, middle school Mustangs, 62 points and have given up 10, only 10 points. They play this Friday night, or not this Friday, Thursday. They play Thursday at Paul Ward Stadium, play Camden. Camden's a little improved uh, over the last several years as far as their middle school and high school. They, You know, they beat Waverly, or is it Waverly beat them the other night. It was like uh, 71 to 51 or something like that was the final score. Don't got who won. But anyway, uh, that'll be a game that we'll have to play later on in high school. But anyway, come out and watch those, the middle school Mustangs, Thursday night as they take on Camden. Uh, I'll be doing PA, won't be roaming the sideline. Uh, so it ought to be fun. Uh, but, uh, folks, we don't play Adam. We play Adamsville in a week and a half, almost two weeks. Uh, so let's just sit back and let's learn from our mistakes and let's clean them up. And with that being said, when I come back next week for our podcast, I, maybe I will clean some things up and try to do better. So see you next week. Thank you.